Hello and welcome to the Wolves Report. I'm Ryan Lester and thank you for joining us for episode 59, where tonight we'll do our best to analyse the Chelsea game. We're taking it one step closer, but we've still work to do, taking your questions and looking ahead to Brentford. Of course, I can't do this by myself and I'm delighted to be joined just about <laughs> by our director of football, Chris Tyler, and club captain, Mark Knock. Um, delighted to have a positive show. Um, as always, the show is recorded live, so your comments on YouTube and Facebook, unfortunately, Twitter isn't available to do that yet. Your comments are very much welcome. Um, before the show as well, we we, um, we asked for questions on Twitter. Uh, we've had a, an incredible response this week. There's quite a lot of duplicates, so if your question didn't get on, um, do appreciate you uh, put, putting it down and putting your thoughts forward. So um, let's get straight into things. We were all there on Saturday to witness Wolverhampton Wanderers 1, Chelsea nil. Noki, talk me through your view of that magnificent win. You're very confident it's going to be positive, aren't you? I'm not 100% on that. No, it, was, um, it, it was fantastic. It was... I think the conversation we had on the last podcast where when the games are like this, when there's not as much pressure on them, they're not expected maybe to win it, you see a, a better Wolverhampton Wanderers. And we saw that against Liverpool, we saw that against Spurs, and we saw that against Chelsea where we didn't concede in any of those games. Um, I thought the performance was excellent, but we were much, much better. We looked balanced. Um, we looked really solid in midfield. Defensively, we were excellent. Up front, Costa was great when he didn't have the ball. Um, his off-the-ball work was absolutely fantastic. And I thought, couldn't you play him where he did? was probably his best game in a Wolf shirt. He was he was in and out. He was taking people on. He was committing defenders. He was pulling people out of position. A real a real good performance by him. But for me, the two in midfield made the massive difference. Um, João Gomez and, and Lamina controlled the game against some really talented footballers. And then Nunes, outstanding performance. My man of the match, um, I thought he was excellent. Even take the goal out of it, I thought he was superb with the way that he played. And playing him on the right-hand side was... He looked more comfortable. He's right-footed, so I don't know why he's been playing him out on the left because we can see now what he can do with his right foot. But it was his really accomplished performance and it, it's a massive, massive three points. We can't get too carried away because we've been here before, but yeah. it's a big, big three points in a time when we, we desperately need them, especially with the other results around us. I mean, can, first of all, Nocky, um Congratulations, someone pulled it up last week. You said you're going to go for a 1-1 with a Nunes screamer. So um, I think you're only the second person to call the goal scorer like that. I think Jackie called it once. Tyler, I think you might have got a goal scorer earlier on as well. But yeah, fair play on that call, considering he'd never even looked like scoring. Um, Tyler, it's a fantastic result. You, you called it yourself, really. You said in the week, you joked about it. I kind of fancy us. Pressure's off a little bit and I think we'll see a better Wolves. And you were right. It's just what we've all been asking for, isn't it? Aggressive front foot football. We've been a bit doom and gloom recently, but I think rightly so on the level of performance. But all we've been asking for is aggression, the right team to be picked, the players in the right positions, and look what happens when you do it. It's no fluke. It was Kuna's best game because he was playing off Costa. <laughs> you know, it's not, is it? I think he just got it right. We've criticised him recently for getting it wrong. Um, and he got it right on... Saturday credit where it was due. And for some reason, I did fancy us. And I think we all talked before the game, didn't we? And yeah, Chelsea are great technically. And they'll, they'll look brilliant on the ball. But they didn't want it, did they, really? They, they weren't up for it. And playing players like Toti and Jao Gomez and Lamina, we did make it a bit of a battle, didn't we, at times? And we were a bit horrible sometimes. And I just didn't think Chelsea fancied it. And I think... We wanted it more on the day, and yeah, it took a world of a goal to win it, but we had other chances, didn't we? And I, I don't remember Saar having to do anything. I might be wrong, but I don't remember him having to make a save. Um, but the last last ditch block from Dawson wasn't there, and Kilman sort of got rid of Pulisic. That was probably the only time I, I thought we looked under threat. Really good performance. I think seven, eight out of ten all round. Really, you can't criticise anyone. Yeah, I think the only Jose Sar save was when uh, Joe Felix picked the ball up just before half time on our on our right hand side, and he, he he cut in with his right and um, he pinged one. It was straight down Sar's throat, made it look easy, even though it was a an absolute rocket straight at him. But yeah, Noki, it's as Tyler just said, it's everything we've wanted in recent weeks. Um, by my by my reckoning, it was a it was a four four two stroke four two three one. Costa, as you said, did lots of horrible work, teamwork off the ball, pressing, nudging, annoying, and that space allowed Kuna to play. Yeah, I think it's frustrating in a way because if we'd have lined up against Forest, we'd lined up against Leeds, you know, with similar 
ideals and similar system, then we're probably sat halfway up the league now. But it, it, it worked really well. And I think with Cunha, he doesn't like being a central striker. He likes playing just off. He likes being in a little pocket behind and where he can really influence the game. And, and that was by a distance his best game for Wolves. I mean, there was one moment when they appealed for a penalty in the second half and he broke, beat two men, played it to Nunes, who you know, should have struck it first time or gone on the outside. But he's got that ability about him. And I don't think we've seen anywhere near the best of Cunha. But if we start playing him in this system with those kind of players around him, and it's not it's not rocket science, is it? You play people in the right position. If you put your midfielders where they're supposed to be, you put your attackers in the right positions where they feel comfortable. You play solid defensive formation. You, you, you're going to get the best out of players. And, and just a, a, a word on Toti as well. I mean, I've been, I've been pretty, crit- not critical of Lopetegui, but I've questioned some of his decisions in recent weeks. And I questioned playing Totti there, but he was absolutely brilliant. He was full of energy. His work rate was outstanding. He's not the, technically the most gifted player in the world. We all know that. But he, he gets you up the pitch. And he, he's, he's he's got a little bit of Mo Kamara about him where he's just head down and he just ploughs forward and keeps going. And he, he'll <laughs> win you around. And I thought he had a really good game. And it was, it was nice to see that effort and work rate. And it just got everyone going, I think. And it was just, it was a really, really good day. And I'm a... You know, I was there with my lad, and we sat right behind the goal where Nunes struck that. So it was a, it was a it was a fantastic experience to be there. And it's another one that you'll, although it's been a poor season, some of the wins we've had have been really impressive. So it's another one for the list. Yeah, we seem to play really bad or win really well, Tyler. But um, fortunately, it was in the bracket of win really well. And I think let's move on to the goal, Tyler. We've we've been treated to some Ruben, Ruben Neves and a couple of Jai Martino wonderful strikes over the years in the Premier League, but. That's up there with them, isn't it? The, the 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 technique to let the ball drop as low to the ground as possible, clean laces. I mean, I think we're all saying shoot from there, probably with no backing because we don't think it, but he couldn't have caught that cleaner. And the noise, Tyler, when that in, it, it was wonderful. <laughs> I'll give it one in a hundred that goes in, do you reckon? You hit it that well? In training? Even at that level, yeah. They don't happen very often, do they? Especially, like you said, from a guy... He's obviously gone in his locker. He scored worldies, didn't he, for um, Sporting? But he hasn't looked like scoring for us, has he, really? And I was sort of behind the goal as well, like you two were. And Sam Hill was like, shoot. But I don't know why I was saying shoot. Probably just to have a shot on it. And it was just... <laughs> a the way it sort of... It, it's the noise it makes when it hit the net. You could hear it make that bang first. And then the crowd go up. And it was just... Yeah, it was just one of those good moments, wasn't it? And, you know, fully warranted. I mean... He's had his critics. I think he's a very good footballer. I think we all do, don't we? But he's had his critics. But to be fair, he hasn't really been given an opportunity to play a run of games, probably where he wants to. He's been wide left, wide right. He's been holding midfielder. He's been attacking midfielder. He's been a bit of a, you know, jack of all trades, hasn't he? And he's never really moaned about it. He's got on with it. And he started to pay that feedback, didn't he? Because on with knock, I mean, it's just a huge three points. And, and there is more work to do, but... With the results at the weekend, even I'm looking at it now thinking, crikey, we, we can't mess it up from here, surely. So I think it was just a massive goal and a massive result. I'm, I'm fully deserved. If it had been two or three, I'm, I don't think Chelsea would have had any complaints. I, d- I don't think Mitch has been talked about the build-up to the goal, Noki. But um, apart from the defenders flick away, there was some nice little play there. I mean, I think I think it was Kuna's little back heel, played it into space. Then Pedenza's picked it up outside of his foot. I think, I can't remember who the flick on was, but it almost felt, it fell for Costa and then the touch. So the interplay was there, but Noki, it's, it's been a while since we celebrated a goal that good at Molyneux. I think it's one of them goals that, that stays with you. And then we've all got a few on our list. For me, I've got, Mark Kennedy was up there against Stockport years ago when we beat him 4-1 and he hit a rocket with the outside of his left boot into the top corner. You sort of, some goals just stick in your head, they stick in your mind and they become memories that you, you never shake off and that's going to be one of them for me. It was everything from the builder play, like you say, Cooney gets the flick on, they clear it away and there was just this evil thud off his foot when he hit it and it just seemed to echo around the old ground and then it, he absolutely flew into the net and you know my, my lad was up like a salmon he was really enjoying it it was just a it was just a fantastic a fantastic moment and one of the moments that you need to be there to experience it because it's such a such an emotional experience when something like that happens especially when you, you're in the situation we're in where every point's a prisoner you're desperate for results you're desperate for points and you've got a player there who you know as chris said he's better than what we've seen of him and you know he's got that ability 
but he hasn't shown it. And for him just to hit that, I mean, it wasn't even an instinctive strike. It's not one of them that's just come to him and he's hit it. It's bounced. He's had to think about it. He's had to plot it. And then he's just he's just unleashed. And it's a, it's a stunning strike. And what will that do for him? I mean, you've got to think his confidence is going to go through the roof after that. I mean, there was a couple of times before that that he, he was really affecting the game. He had a yeah. run in the penalty area where he beat a couple of players. was tackled right before he got his shot away. So... I think if we can see the best out of him, then then Wolves are going to be absolutely fine. But I think one of the most positive things for me is that we saw a team without Ruben Neves. And I think most of us are probably resigned to losing Neves at the end of this season. Um, no complaints from me if he goes. He doesn't owe us anything based on what he's done. And although I'm not saying let's take him out of the team now, I think we can see there's, there's light at the end of a tunnel if he does go because we've got players who can be effective in those positions. So... All round, there was a, there was a lot of boxes ticked for us on Saturday. Absolutely, yeah. There's there's quite a lot of questions and comments regarding Ruben Neves' absence. Um, some that's going to create some some debate, some obvious observations, like what you said there, Knocker. So um, we'll get them round to them w- with the questions. But Tyler, this, this this wasn't just a smash and grab. This wasn't a, a tuck in against Chelsea and try and hit them on the counter. This 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 for me was quite a level game. I'd say Wolves probably had more chances than Chelsea. But the main factor for me was that Wolves wanted it more from the off, in their face, strong, positive, aggressive football and aggressive application. Yeah, and like I said, it, that's all we want to say. We'll all sit here and if we get beat, we don't. if, if we played like that and got beat, you can't have any arguments. It's the way and the manner that we've been, I suppose, almost powder puff, haven't we, and, and weak in the performances. And, and like Nocky said, we said, didn't we, our time, like I was sat near you. If they'd have played like that the week before, Forrest can't live with Wolves playing like that. And I think that's why there is so much frustration because we know the players are good enough. We know the manager's good enough. And it seems it's been a little bit stop-start. And, you know, no one can criticise where we are and where we were, where we were before Christmas and, and the points we game. You can't knock it. It just got a bit worrying again, hasn't it? But the performance is exactly what we wanted. You know, Kilman and Dawson were superb. Samado was superb. Knockers called going, but they're totally out. I mean, he looks like a wardrobe falling down the stairs, doesn't he, when he's playing? But he's done, he's done wonders on Sterling, to be fair. Lamina and Gomez, there were heat maps today on Twitter, how much ground they covered. I mean, just work harder, work mm. harder themselves. And it's a bit old school, isn't it? You can have all the ability in the world, but if you don't work as hard as your opposition, you probably won't get anything. And Chelsea didn't, did they? And, Wolves were full value for that result. Um, the Chelsea guy was on Talk Sport today, and he, he didn't have any complaints. And I don't think any Chelsea fan could. We were we were good value for it. Yeah, Nucky, it was. And as Tyler said, application is everything in football. Because if you're not giving it all, particularly in this Premier League, we've seen all season. If you're not at it, anybody can beat anybody. But but there was some good football as well. It was it was a good. There was lots of momentum. There was lots of positivity. And I think one of you said off air before. I can't remember which one of you said. It might have been on air. Matthias Nunes playing on the right hand side. He'd only ever played occasionally in the middle, but mainly on the left. Playing him on the right hand side, it suits him. Yeah, that was me because Tyler didn't rock up till the credits were rolling. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it was just square pegs and square holes. It was just a sensible approach and. We know what Lamina can do. We know that he's going to break up possession. He's not going to try and take players on. He's going to break the play up. He's going to give it to the creative players and get back into position. And I think Joe Gomez is very similar. He was he must be a right pain to play against because he was everywhere. He was at them. He didn't give them any space in midfield. But I think where we really benefited was that, as you said, I don't think Chelsea fancied it. And they seemed to really stand off us in midfield. And they gave us plenty of space. And with the quality we have got in there, we can punish you if you do that. And we were able to really play. And I know Chelsea dominated possession, but if you look in terms of actual clear-cut opportunities, I mean, Wolves had two or three, and Costa went through just after the goal and could have made it 2-0. And there was there was real opportunities for it. And it was all coming from midfield. It wasn't, we weren't breaking. We weren't just coming away after being attacked and, and, and charging up the field and trying to get into the penalty areas. We were working our play. We were working our triangles. And we were, we were finding space in and around them because we, we were in control of the, of the ball. So, Real, real good performance. He, you know, it will be the first to criticise if he thinks something's gone wrong, but I think he got it right. Right down to the substitutions as well. When he brought the team on, when he, yeah. he just solidified the team. He brought Adama on to give us a little bit more pace. And Sarabia came on, and he would have had a goal if the uh, referee didn't give a ridiculously foul on Huang. He would have had a tap in for two. Now you could see from where, from where Chris and I was sat that he was he was miles in space. He was going to finish that. So. 
it was just a very intelligent performance and one that we desperately needed. And the difference for me is that Chelsea gave us all the space we needed in midfield, whereas other teams around us tend to pack the midfield and, and then shut that space down and you, you're working in very tight areas, whereas Chelsea just sort of stood off and said, you have the ball and see what you can do with it. You are currently listening and watching to episode 59 of the Wolves Report with Chris Tyler, Mark Knock and myself, Ryan Lester. As always, the show is uh, recorded live and then you can watch again back on YouTube, Twitter and Facebook. Thank you for the messages coming across the screen now. Chris, good evening. Look at those smiles, say Chilo. Yeah, we've been waiting for a smile for a while. Um, even all, isn't it great analysing it when it absolutely is? Um, and still with us says, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, lots of more comments on there. I can't go through them all, so I'll try and click on them and show them at the bottom of the screen for those watching and, and not listening. Um, I want to analyse and go through the team, really. And I think the players deserve this kind of credit and just go, go through the performances. I mean, I'll start off with the easiest one. Jose Saad, he had nothing to do. And what he did really do, he did, he did quite well. It wasn't really tested with anything and... And that's a credit I want to come on to first. The two centre-halves in front of him, Noki. Um, for me, Max Kilman, he played. That was a captain's performance. Good on the ball. Bullying defenders out. Sorry, bullying forwards out of the way. Noki, that, that, that looked like the Max Kilman that Wolves fans were saying, this guy could play for England. Yeah, and real pressure on him as well, having the armband, especially when you've got Dawson, who's a, you know, a born, experienced leader, stood next to you. So it was a... It, you know, a gamble from Lopetegui to give him the armband. But he, he embraced it, didn't he? He was organising. He looked to me from where I was more vocal. Um, I don't know whether that's just because I was paying more attention to him on Saturday than normal, but he just looked to be a little bit more in control of the defence. And there was a couple of moments where he, he stopped um, a Chelsea attack. It, you know, they were appealing for a penalty, but he was just stronger. He just a very organised, solid display. But I don't think Chelsea put us under a great deal of pressure. They didn't really, until they brought Aubameyang on, I'd argue they didn't really have a natural striker through the middle anyway. So it was a comfortable afternoon for them. But if they were going to hurt us, it was going to be through midfield. And the, the two defenders had a, a big shield in front of them in the midfield. So it was a good performance, but he was well protected. Um, Tyler, Craig Dawson. That block in front of the keeper, I don't know if that was going on or not, but that's proper body online defending them. And what we've come, we've got what we've come accustomed to with Craig Dawson's performances. Yeah, yeah, just he's like an old-fashioned no nonsense centre half, isn't he? And he's not really interested in playing or doing the nice bits. He just heads it, he gets in the way, he blocks it, and yeah, they partnership worked well, didn't you? You've got a more um, natural footballer than Kilman. I think giving him the armband was a stroke of genius because, like Nopper said, he was, certainly did seem to step up and he seemed to be out of his comfort zone almost and having to lead and, and do that. And he, he did it brilliantly. And what a day for him, you know, to captain Wolves winning that game. But yeah, Dawson, seven out of 10 every week. Not had a bad game yet, has he? But, you know, he's never a 10 out of 10. He's just, he's exactly what we thought he was when we signed him, isn't he? You know, he, he can't, can't talk too much about him apart from. That he just the basics where he reads it well and he just gets in the way and you need I just, like that. I, th I think though, I mean, he's ultimately he's someone that loves defending, he's putting his head and body on the line, but he's not a bad footballer. He's probably not as but he's probably not as talented in terms with the ball as Max Kilman, and that's for more of a credit to Kilman than it is a criticism of Dawson. But I wasn't expecting Dawson to be as good as this. And I know he spoke highly. He's had a career, obviously, at them like down the road. He's done very well at West Ham. He was he was in the Europa League team of the season last year, I think, or whatever European competition West Ham were playing in. Um, and he's come to... Well, three million quid, it's... Oh, it's, it, but it's, it's strengthened us and weakened a relegation opponent as well. So it's... People say it's a lot of money for someone in their early 30s, but it, it looks an absolute steal, and hopefully we can get another year or two out of him. Yeah, and you forget how young Collins, Kilman and Toto Gomez are. They're all the early 20s, I think. And I think Max is the oldest at 25, the rest are early yeah, 20s, yeah. Have someone like him there. It's just it's like the Matinho effect, isn't it? He's just obviously a good professional, and these are going to be watching him day in, day out. It can't be a bad thing, can it? And I'm certain he'll be in that team next season, 100%. Absolutely solid. Um, moving on to the fullbacks. I mean, you've already talked about him, Noki, but um, Toti Gomez now, probably again, in this, it, we all looked at each other at Forest when we, me and Tyler got the, the team on the train. We looked at each other, it was like, that's there's, there's no way, there's no way. It's weird, wing backs or his left back. But two games he's in, Wolves have conceded one goal. 
and he's pocketed Raheem Sterling like he wasn't there. Sterling's got subbed because Toti Gomez has bagged him. Yeah, and Sterling's a player who traditionally hurts us, doesn't he? He tends to score every time he plays. So mm. he's just he's fun, you know. He just you don't know what he's going to do. He's very unpredictable. He'll get his head down and he'll charge. And he did it in the first half, and he got past two or three players just from bludgeoning his way through. Yeah. You know, just pure ignorance, refusing to stop. And he's he's good, he, and he's got a bit about him as well. He's got a little bit of pace. He's got a bit of skill. He, he can get past the the wingers to get us out of the out of the defensive areas, and he's he's a He's a good player. I think long term, I see him as a centre half. If I'm being honest, I think he'll end up there, and I think he'll be a pretty good one as well. He's got, you know, he's good in the air. He's physically strong, so I think he'll be okay. But long term, I don't see him staying in that position. I think that Bueno will dislodge him at some point. But at the moment, he's giving us a little bit of a foothold in the defensive areas and making us just a little bit more solid and letting the attackers play. So he's he's earned his shirt and he's keeping it at the moment. So you know, well done to him. Well, I mean. We, say, we all say all the time, we've got our favourites, we've got our preferred formations, we've got an idea of how we want to see football and obviously we want entertaining winning football week in, week out. That's not realistic. But sometimes it's horses for courses and rolling the dice and he has rolled the dice recently. But he looks like he might have found something in Toti there. And I don't imagine him to be whipping crosses in because that's not his game. But if he's stopping players, I mean, Sterling's not having a great season, but this is someone that scores regularly past Wolves, as you mentioned. This is someone that's won multiple multiple titles and trophies, and he's been bagged. So well done to Toti. Some of us wasn't sure he, if his long-term future was there, but fantastic. Um, Tyler, moving on to Nelson Semedo. I think Semedo has probably been his consistent at his time at Wolves since Lopetegui's been here. By far, without a shadow of his doubt. I've been his biggest critic, but I can't really remember him having a bad game. Even though Wolves haven't been great, he's sort of been Mr. Consistent at right back, hasn't he? And I can't remember a opponent getting the better of him week in, week out. I can't remember loads of crosses coming in from that side or anything like that. He's, yeah, he's, he's made me sort of eat humble pies. He, he, he looks very consistent. He always looks now like a £35 million right back, which I think is the first time we could probably say that since he's been here. He's always had a spell of games where he's looked good and then he's probably regressed or made silly mistakes, turned off in games. But Mr. Consistent at the moment. And he's probably one of the first names on the team sheet, isn't he? If he's fit, no one's no one's getting in that spot over him. And yeah, like I said, he's made me my words because he's been excellent the last few weeks. It's For me, Tyler, it's not a coincidence that we've seen probably... He was all right at the start under Lopetegui, but since Wolves got Craig Dawson, if you've got a centre-back that doesn't really make mistakes, that keeps it simple... Your fallback trust because for me, Samado is very much a confidence player. If he makes a mistake, he seems to drift off a little bit. But if you've got someone like Craig Dawson next to you who start who's absolutely solid, it's only good for a confidence player, yeah. And you know, it's just a bit strange, isn't it? Some we look solid as a rock, don't we? You know, we beat what Liverpool, Tottenham, and Chelsea all at home without conceding, but we can ship four at home to Leeds. I suppose it's just trying to find now that consistency, isn't it? And that. I think that back four now, is that the back four to the end of the season? He tried Johnny coming in at Leeds. That was a car crash. I think he's. we've been talking about him finding a settled team, haven't we? And I don't really see any reason to change that back four at the moment. If you've got the players going forward, you can sort of excuse Bueno not playing and Toti playing there. He certainly makes us more solid defensively. Is there a reason to change that now between the end of the season? The, the only... Positions I'd question is if we've got two games in a week with Palace coming up, because we saw with Bueno, we got a hamstring injury, had two games in a week, uh, pulled up at Liverpool. That was a midweek game. I think that's happened to eight Nori in the past. He struggled with two games in a week. The centre-backs, you can get away with it, but with the full-backs, in, in what the manager asks of them, I'd probably protect them against whether it's Crystal Palace or the game yeah. after. I, I think I, I completely, if, it was, if it was Saturday every week, I would play that back four until... And, and, until whenever, because they look really good. It works as a unit. It just works, yeah. And like, yeah. like I said, you're all picking Bueno over Gomez as a left back, aren't you? You're not having the conversation, but sometimes it just works and you stuck mm. in and it's worked, hasn't it? And oh, you can't really not Tota, can you, to be honest? He doesn't deserve to lose that place. But again, nice problem to have is he do, does need to take him out of the team. Then you've got, you know, Bueno and Ain't Laurie that can come in. So, nice yeah, problem it, to have. 
Yeah, I never would have thought I'd expect Toti Gomez, no disrespect Toti, to be coming in at left-back, playing two games on the bounce, Wolves conceding one goal and him pocketing Raheem Sterling. I didn't see that happening, but credit to Lopetegui, fantastic. And moving on to the midfield, and I think everyone deserves a shout-out because it was a proper 7 out of 10 or more performance. Um, Noki, Daniel Pedence, lifesaver at Forest. Um, I mean... Um, I was expecting to flob one over the keeper, but he didn't. I was hoping to get, I was hoping to get that tweet in, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Dan, uh, Daniel Pedence, um decent game, busy, annoying, and uh, played his part in the goal. Yeah, I mean, you know my feelings on Pedence. He's top scorer for me. If he's fit, he plays because he's he can put the ball in the back of the net. He's creative. He, he commits defenders. He pulls people into different positions. I, I think he's a really, really talented player, and I think he needs to be in the team a lot more than, than he has been in recent weeks because he, he can influence a game, he can he can impact a game, he can be a match winner on his day. And as we saw at Forest, he got one sniff, dropped the defender and smashed it into the top net. So he's, he's a top quality player, I think he gets in my team. But he, he was very, very organised, he was involved in the game. He put the ball into the box that was cleared away to, to Nunes to strike. And yeah, as as with the rest of them, he was, he was a seven out of 10. Didn't do anything overly spectacular, but did everything right. Absolutely. Um, moving on to probably my man of the match, um, Joe Gomez. Oh, just there's just nothing I don't love about this guy. He's absolutely everywhere, and I mean to see this guy celebrating winning tackles and putting the ball out of play. He just, I mean, Noki, you must love this guy. He's just like Mr. Reducer. If there's an opportunity to deck someone, he's absolutely decking them. And he he got his yellow card on the edge of the box. I think it's a foul that he probably he had to do there, but. It, but not only is he, he's, he's, he's a stopper and a breaker up, the kid can play as well. With the ball, he's got a nice first touch and he keeps it moving. Yeah, I, I really like him. I think he's got he, he's got everything you'd want in a nasty, aggressive midfielder. He's, he's full of reducers. He's full of <laughs> pace. He's, he's strong. He's only little, but his nickname's a pit bull for a reason. So he's just a, a very exciting player. And he's only a kid as well. And we've been, you know, in the... In the Grand scheme of Premier League transfers, he's cost peanuts as well. And mm. I think he's going to be worth a hell of a lot more than that. If he can get decent run between now and the end of the season, a full pre-season under Lopetegui, hopefully we're still in the Premier League, and if, you know starting next season, I think you're going to see an absolute top-class player there. He's just got something about him that mm. you can just see the quality. Similar to Nunes, you knew how good Nunes was, you just weren't seeing it. Whereas mm. with, with this kid, you can just see those elements are there. And, and we were all at Southampton when he... You know, we ping that one into the top corner in the last minute to win us a game. So he's a he's a lad who can do it all. So I think he's a real shrewd bit of business. Yeah, I, I don't think you play in the Brazilian league as a holding midfielder if you aren't tough because no, that, league, bats, uh, that, that league is physical. I mean, you see some of the highlights from the multiple red cards and some of the outrageous tackles. If you're a holding midfielder for the best team in the league, you are nails. Tyler, uh, Mario Lamina got one a reception. I think he's been long overdue when he came off. They were singing a song to him at the South Bank, and it was great to see him. And he was loving that and milking that back. This is a guy that's been a bit quiet recently, but this was a proper midfield team performance from Mario. Yeah, I think his standards have dropped slightly, haven't they? We talked about it, but I think that's probably because he'd set them so high from his first um, handful of games. The two of them just worked, didn't they? And like I said at the start, you'd never pick a Wolves team without Nevers in it. Would you nobody would? I don't think any Wolves fan would if everyone's fit, but they just work brilliantly. They complemented each other. They're both a lot more mobile than Nevers. That's one thing they have got over him. So they can recover, they're quick, they're strong, they're pacey, they like a tackle. And they just seem to win it back and then just keep it simple and little five, ten yard passes out wide. You know, Costa was showing as an option. It just it just worked. And I think a few people tweeted it before, didn't they? Did, did the Neves suspension almost make the manager's job a little bit easier? Because he's really got to pick that team. The only quandary then was, does Matinho play? And he didn't, and he, he gambled with them too, and it, and it paid off. But it was it was the standards that he'd set when he first came in. He was everywhere, wasn't he? And faultless performance, yeah. I don't know if one of you guys said it off air or on air, but... Mario's best games seem to come against the better teams. Now, did one of you two tell me on that on the group chat or someone else said that? I think it's... he has a problem in the midfield where you've got to be on the front foot and you've got to, you have more than the ball and you have to create. Forest away, that was okay. The there was almost too many in there 
and he had the ball almost at third centre-back, and that's not where he's good, but the games against Tottenham, Liverpool and Chelsea, it's not a surprise that's where he's been brilliant, because he's just been horrible in there, isn't he? And he's mm. just stopping the opponent playing, but I think, I think his challenge is when he's got time on the ball and when he has to be a bit of a playmaker, I think that's where he struggles, but... He can't be good at everything, I suppose. No, but it's a solid performance from him again. And it's, you can't help but like the guy. If someone's like that, he's putting it in, he busts a gut, he loves attacking. Yeah. And like, I, get, I mean, this, is, this must have been Noki's dream midfield pairing, to be honest, <laughs> watching them two lump everyone around. Um, Noki moving on to the match winner, Matthias Nunes. We've talked about him moving to the right hand side, probably being a little bit more balanced and natural there. An incredible goal. But not only that, he was a threat elsewhere as well. He was making runs in behind. He was driving with the ball. Have we found a new position for Matthias Nunes? I think so. He seemed to, to almost take the, the playmaker mantle without Neves being there, didn't he? He seemed to really take it on and embrace it. And we've played him out on the left, and I, I don't really understand why we've not seen much out of him there. But playing him on the right, it's quicker than I thought he was. He was beating players with pace. He was getting Sorry, stati position. statistically, the fastest centre midfielder in the Premier League this season, well, even though he's not played but he's um But yeah, you can see he's got a turn of pace. He... he he carries the ball so well. It's like he's gliding across the surface. Like he's quite a big guy as well. He's deceptive. He's, I think he's about six foot one. He's a, for someone to quit. He's a big guy and he's hard to get out of the way. Sorry to interrupt, Nock. I'm getting excited. No, no, he's, quite well. he's just really smooth <laughs> the way he plays. I mean, you look at certain players, don't you? You look at the the Ronaldos, the Eden Hazards, the, the Messi's, um, um, the old yeah. Ronaldo. They're so... We've had one win, mate. Steady on. No, I'm not comparing him to them. But I'm <laughs> saying the way they carry the ball, they have a certain way of moving. They, gl the ball. they glide. Glided, and he's he's got that about him. The way he carries the ball and the finish was, as we said, was absolutely phenomenal. But I just I think there's a real untapped resource there, and I think playing him on the right hand side, it gave him a little bit more space. He was drifting inside. He was finding little pockets of worked, space everywhere, and it just really worked having him out there. So he's probably our best player on the ball. With the way that he carries it and the, and the, and the areas he can he can slip into, and if we can get his goals ratio up as well, then we've, we've got some play on our hands. Not only that, Noki, I thought he worked well with Nelson Samedo as well. I thought he did that work well. really well. Yeah. I, and I he, got was, yeah. he got back as well. He got back and defended a few times. He didn't just leave Nelson exposed, which, as we spoke about earlier, you know, Samedo has looked better. Well, he's had a little bit more cover because he's had Lamina or Gomez dropping across to cover him and he had Nunes dropping across to cover him. So if you've not got that fear of what's behind you, it gives you a little bit more impetus to get forward. And I think we saw that from him. So they all work well. And that's that's the key to football. It's not rocket science. If everyone knows what their job is and everyone plays in a position that they're comfortable with, you're going to get the best out of players. And that's exactly what we saw against Chelsea. Uh, moving on to the forward two now, Tyler. Um, Diego Costa. I mean, Nucky said, it, as, as we talked about earlier on, he was better off the ball than on it, but he played his part in, in a massive win for Wolves. Yeah, I talked about the back four being the same between now and the end of the season, but they're my front two between now and the end of the season. I, I don't see how you can dislodge them. I know you can't get 90 out of Costa, obviously, week in, week out, but it just worked, didn't it? Sorry, you asked me about Costa, but I think they did work as a partnership. It, 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 they, 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 we've been talking about Kuna since day dot. He signed, haven't we, that he just needs to be off someone. And we mm. saw them. But Costa, yeah, he does those little runs that you probably don't notice unless you're at the ground. Did a, did a few at Forest. Really yeah, good the runs. runs. He just occupies the centre halves. I mean, is it that Kuda ball? I mean, he didn't give him a minute, did he? he? didn't fancy it. And he just got in their face. He was lucky not to score. He couldn't do much more with the chance. He hit the target. It was a good save. He just gives you a focal point. He gives you a target um, that we've not had. And we just look so much better for it. And, you know, good 70 minutes out of him. I think the only thing missing was a goal because I thought it was a very unselfish performance where he put the team first and, and him second. Do you know what's nice about him? And, and, and it sounds like others don't, but he really wants it, Tyler. He really wants it. He's, he's, re yeah. he, he's, he's ready... Yeah, he's ready to have a fight. He's ready to fight for that ball. He's ready to fight for a throw-in. He's ready yeah. to stare somebody. And it, it just works. And as you said, and I'll, I'll bring Noki in for, for Kuna, but his work rate and determination allowed that little bit of space for Kuna to create the opportunity. So moving on to Kuna, the, the last of the, the, the starters, Noki, again, this guy can play football. And he was so... I mean, the way he stopped in the second half and then burst and then blasted one over the bar, there's goals to come from him. Yeah, it was his best performance by a country mile for Wolves, and you know, as 
Chris alluded to earlier, we, we've all been saying for such a long time that you're not going to see the best out of him as he's playing as a central striker. He needs someone around him, someone just to create that little bit of space. And Costa's absolutely perfect because, as Chris rightly said, he occupies defenders. He, he moves people out of position because you've got to track those runs. And on the ball, Costa doesn't do a great deal, but off the ball, he's so important for us. Mm. You could see the amount of space that Cunha got and, and the confidence levels of him as well. I mean, the second half, as you, as you said, uh, Roy, he stood the defender up, burst past him, and all right, he's put it over the bar, but I don't mind that because he's committed yeah. him and he's had a go. And he got us up the pitch in the first half and beat a couple of players. He just, he looked so much more comfortable when it wasn't reliant on him scoring the goals. He was able to just play his natural game and, and drop deep into midfield to pick the ball up or move out wide when he wanted to. It was almost a free roll and it really suited him. And he looked a very, very good footballer on Saturday. He looked like a, a £40 million player the way he played. And as you said, Goals will come if he keeps playing in that position with a striker ahead of him. Absolutely. Uh, that's our roundup. I wanted to do something a little bit different this week. It was such a team performance. I wanted to give everyone a shout out and get everyone's views on that. You are listening to episode and watching episode 59 of The Wolves Report with Mark Knott, Chris Tyler and myself, Ryan Lester. On Saturday, we took one step closer, but we've still got work to do as the next section is called... Brentford at home, Leicester away, Oof, Dean Smith, Brighton away, Villa at home, Man United away, Everton at home, Arsenal away. Now, those six fixtures sound a lot better than they did this time last week when I was having a chat with these two on here. It's not done, guys. Tyler, it's not done. And there's, there's a lot of work still to do. But that performance and a four-point buffer surely gives us a bit more confidence going forward now. Yeah, you look at it. I mean, it's it's eight above Southampton, six above Leicester, isn't it? Surely those two don't overtake us, especially the form Leicester are in. Well, I think Man, it's one more, it's away one, to Man City on Saturday, Leicester. Yeah, I I think um, I've always said forty points is your benchmark. It's what you aim for. That's another three wins. I think we'll get another two, and I think that'll be enough to be honest. Thirty-seven, thirty-eight will we'll keep you in the league this season, won't it? So. Yeah, the, it's funny, you look at the fixtures now and you think, OK, yeah, there's a point there, or three points there, whereas this time last week we were scratching around for a point, weren't we? So, Nokia just <laughs> getting three more points. <laughs> I might be right, yeah. It does, <laughs> it does give you a different outlook, but you can't read too much into the bookies, but we've gone to 14-1 to one to get relegated, and they're not often wrong, are they? So they think there's obviously more than three worse teams than us. The Leeds result was a bad one, wasn't it? Leicester can't buy a win. Southampton looked down. Forest fixtures are horrendous. Even I'd be flabbergasted if we got relegated from here. You know, it'd be purely our own our own doing if it happened. But I see another two wins, and I think that'll be all we need. Even seeing you and hearing you be confident, Tyler, is giving oh, me more confidence. <laughs> you never say it. And I'm like, I'm gonna be like a bouncy ball at work tomorrow after you've been saying that. Lockie, um, it's amazing what a good performance. It's amazing what a good performance and a win can do. The players look like they enjoyed it. The fans are buzzing. We've got a positive podcast. Social media's been fun. There's lots of teams below us who are suffering and scared. And we've we've got that little zip about us again. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with Chris. I think we'll win two more games. And I think two wins and a draw yeah. should do it. Um, but obviously, going into that win against Chelsea, we'd won one in seven. So we can't be complacent. We need to, yeah. we need to keep the foot on the pedal now because I think we've got Brentford coming up I think that's a winnable game for us the way they play they'll give us space yeah. um, so we need to get these wins as quick as we can and then see what we can achieve between now and the end of the season you don't want to go into those last three fixtures still needing a positive result so well, certainly, ideally, not the last, certainly not the last one no definitely not the last one so in an ideal world we, we get the wins on the board in the next few games and we can yeah. you know we were on the beach then for the last few but yeah look you, you know I was Worried last week. Um, I think we were all right to be worried because the formations weren't working, the system wasn't working. We couldn't find an 11 that suited us, we couldn't find a solid 11. So we needed some kind of result. And I think when you're looking at those fixtures, you're, you're getting a bit worried, aren't you? But the win against Chelsea takes all the pressure away from us now. We've broken the 30 point barrier. There's clearly teams in a worse situation than us. So if we go down from here, it's a it's an absolute catastrophe. But we can't <laughs> comply. So we've just got to we've got to find those those couple of wins. And I don't think two will do it. I don't think you'll need forty this year. I think thirty seven, and you're safe. Well, as Tyler said, fourteen to one. Um, 
Those are yeah. massive odds. The bookies aren't often wrong, uh, other than when Leicester won the league. And <laughs> not not only that, you, you look at any of those teams, they'll be looking up at Wolves and anyone would swap because the league table does not lie at this stage of the season. You are where you are. Um, although I am staggered and I keep, I, I'm not going to believe Leicester are going to go down because no, I, I see Tielemans, I see Madison, Vardy's older, but he's a goal scorer. Uh, there's I, always I, one, that, there's always one that goes uh, that from nowhere that you don't expect, you know, you're never too good to go down and, and they're just in a pick, aren't they? They're the worst informed, they're the worst form team since the World Cup, aren't they? By a distance as well. Um, the manager, they panicked. Do you really want? Would any of us have taken Dean Smith between now and the end of the season? You wouldn't, would you? So over Brendan Rodgers. That's panic stations, big time, and lose. They're probably going to lose at City. They could be six, seven, you know, behind them. And well, no, no, just, so hard, no, no just, everyone keeps telling you they're going to be okay. Whereas everyone kept saying we're going to be okay. And yeah. You look at the quality of players they've got. I know this isn't a show about Leicester, but you look at the quality of players they've got and it's it's staggering that they're down there and you can't expect them to go on a run but it's almost a crime that a, a squad of that talent but um my dad watched the the, the in-depth highlights of that that Leicester and Bournemouth game and he said son he said he said they're just there's just no cohesion there's nothing they look like a they look like a team of dead men walking they look like it's game over now smith might keep them up now surely with that team you play attacking football but anyway that's enough about leicester um that's our take on the uh, run not me ryan leicester obviously the team leicester that's our take between now and the end of the season um but it's looking much better than it was let's move on to your questions each week i drop a, t- a tweet out a few days before um i've, I've had so many again this week. So thank you for your contributions. Um, quite a few of them overlap. So if you haven't seen your question, I do apologise. Um, starting off with the um, the Toti Gomez loving. Um, Richard, because Toti is so combative, is he the left-back we need to stick with until safety is assured? Insured? Um, I'll answer that one. Now, I know we talked about it earlier on and we've talked about all the players, but he's just... He's, the modern fullback is someone that wants to get forward, to overlap, to score and assist... Toti looks like he wants to defend, like he wants to be stronger, like he wants to be quicker, like he wants to stop people. But not only that, if you've got someone that defence-minded there, I think that gives more licence to someone like Pedence in front of him. So therefore, because Pedence isn't probably the best at tracking back, it allows Pedence to probably play a little bit higher up and to take a few more risks because you know you've got Toti Gomez, Max Kilman. Uh, and Craig Dawson there, if Samano's not pushed forward. So um, to, as, to answer the question, Richard, yes, I'll, there's absolutely no reason. Wolves have conceded one goal with him in the team and they've got four points. We'd have probably liked three points at Forest and taken a draw at home, but football doesn't always work that way. But regardless, clean sheet against that Chelsea side in or out of form, that's a good result. So, yeah, you guys in agreement? Toti's in? Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for your question. Unless we get slapped on Saturday, and then I won't. Yeah, right, exactly. I can see that. I mean, without being, you know, without being a bit too much, I don't put a negative on it, but it wouldn't be me if we did it. The Forest goal came his side, and he was walkabouts for that goal. So he's in there for me at the moment. He deserves to keep his shirt, but like Doc said, put yeah. a running game, put a running games together first. It's a game but, at a time, isn't it? If we go to Bre- yeah. if we play Brentford and we win that, then yeah, you carry on. Okay. If we can see if we two or three goals. And they're down his side. We all want Bueno in for the following game, don't yeah. we? So it's very that's, fluid. That's football. Um, thank you for your question, Richard. Um, Zach uh, drops a little bit of fun in here. Um, you can either keep or sell, and I want no smart answers like both or none. Um, these are the questions. Um, Tyler, Raul or Costa? Which one are you keeping? Which one are you selling? I keep Costa or sell him as. Uh, Noki, this is a stinker. Uh, maybe not so really. Um, keep keep Neves or Nunes. Which one you keeping? Which one you selling? After goal of the season, I'm keeping Neves. Yeah, yeah I think that's a fair, a fair answer. Sorry, Nunes, you're gonna have to score more like that. Um, and now this is gonna be an interesting one. This is gonna be really interesting. Neto or Huang? Huang. I'm gonna answer this first. I'm gonna, keep, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep Huang. Didn't think you'd hear me say that. Uh, Neto all day long. Just for his stuff. He's made out of poppadoms, and he can't stay fit. Oh, I'm playing this fit week in, week out, and he would have hamstrings. But I think if you look at the both of their careers at Wolves, for me, if you break down the last couple of seasons, Wang's miles ahead of Neto. In, in terms of... No, no, no. It, and it's, no. Zach's dropped in the stinker here, but it's a bit of fun for the podcast. Moving on, because we've done 45 minutes already. Um... <laughs> 
Chiquinho or Adama. I'm keeping Adama all oh, day. Yeah, all day, yeah. But what I would say is, though, Chiquinho um, had a horrendous tackle put on in pre-season. Last season, he was knocking in assists left, right and centre. Had a good, strong yeah. end of the season. Direct, strong and delivers a good ball. So, in reality, it's Chiquinho will be in the squad next season. The Dharma will be off on a fringe. I'd imagine Chiquinho hopefully fit and getting looking at things again. So, um, Johnny or Ryan ain't Nori? Johnny. Keeping yeah. Johnny? Oh, no, get rid of him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I do feel sorry for Johnny, and I don't know what disrespect for. The guy's had two cruciate injuries, but he, he's just not the same. But pre-injuries, he was as good as left-back going round. You couldn't yeah. get past him. He made goals. He, he scored a couple of goals as well. He was fantastic. So, I mean, who knows? But I, I, as you know, you can't beat this guy but moves on too quickly. So. Absolutely. I agree. I'll be at Nori as well, even though... Ain't Nori and Jimenez both out of the squad for tactical reasons the weekend, whatever that was. I do not know. Zach, thanks for your stinker of a question. I've got to be honest, though, on that question, I think out of everyone on that list, I think there'll only be two left, maybe three yeah. come start next season. I think most will be gone, yeah. And I think that's probably, I'd, I'd imagine Nunes, Huang, Chiquinho, and Ain't Nori will still be there, I reckon. I don't think Ain't Nori will be there. I think it'll be Nunes. Chiquinho and Huang, I think it'll be those three. Maybe not even Huang. Zach's question's gone and taken us into a new direction. Thank oh, you. Right. <laughs> do a whole <laughs> hour on that one, Zach. <laughs> uh, Dave asks, I think Julian Lopetegui should stick with the same lineup on Saturday and only make early changes if they are called for. Do you think he will stick and are there any changes you would make? Great question, Dave. Um, Noki. Um, I think he should stick. I don't know if he will because he's he's very unpredictable when it comes to selecting lineups. The every chance, change, every chance, Pedence will be suspended. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think it, we know he's going to be gone, so you'd have to make a move there. You would expect maybe maybe Huang comes in in that position. Um, the only one I maybe would look at could potentially be Jimenez for Costa. The only one I'd consider. Other than that, I wouldn't try Costa. Him. Oh, it's not so much dropping. I still think Jimenez technically is a better player, and we haven't seen him with someone playing just off him for a while. But if you're not, but, but if you're not applying yourself like Costa is, Costa yeah, but he was at his best for Wolves when he had Jota playing just off him. Yeah, that's if you fair. play, if you were to play um, Cunha in the same position, I think you'll get a little bit more out of Jimenez. I mean, there's there's nothing between them really, is there? Whichever one you play with, as long as we have a natural centre forward up there, I think comfortable it's a, with which one it is. For the first time in a long time, if everyone's fit and no one's suspended, you don't change that team. The performance was no. too good as a team. There was no one you thought, oh, maybe we changed that. Everybody had a good game, and we haven't said that for a long time. So I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with the same team. Um, great question, Dave. I, I, but this is Lopetegui, and he, he, who knows what will happen probably play Totti at front next week. Really, and if he scores, it doesn't matter. But um, Dave, thanks Just for your on question. That point, I, I think I don't think it's necessarily the players. We, we could all argue between Huang and Podence. You could argue between Costa and Jimenez. For me, it's more the setup yeah. and the formation and the aggressive yeah. front foot football. I yeah, don't care right. if it's Lavina or Jao Gomez in midfield alongside Neves, as long as it works for that game. I don't think there's much between the players is the point I'm trying to make. I think it's more how we line up and how aggressive we are. And that's, we've all said for weeks, that's when we're at our best on the front foot. Well, we've said, it. I mean, I, I put a tweet out before, um, a couple of days before the game. And I, I said, 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1, it's irrelevant. It's about the application and yeah. and your will to win. And a lot of people respond to that after the game, um, which, which was great because they did everything they said in that tweet would happen, which was, as a fan, is what you want. You want your team to go and win the team, your game. You want them to be aggressive. So, Delighted. Great. Uh, Dave, thanks for your um, your question there. Uh, Jonah asks, which positions will be needed um, added in the summer based upon performances and the likelihood of transfers? Also, does the fact that we didn't have Neves on Saturday make you less worried if he departs? Two parts of that question. Um, uh, who started off with the last one? Um, yeah, Tyler, you, you have the first part of that question. Which positions needed to be need to be added in the summer based on performances? You, you could you could argue every forward position needs improving because we, we don't score enough goals. We're still averaging well below a goal a game. 
So I, I wouldn't be disappointed if any of the former players were replaced, basically. Apart from, yeah, I think Kuna's obviously going to keep his place, and he'll certainly be in around the squad. But if a Podence, Acosta, Raul, Huang, their numbers aren't good enough. You can talk about them all day long, but the output's not good enough. So I think the forward, the forward positions will need addressing. Centre half might be okay. Right back will be short, won't we? If we've only got one. Centre midfield, depending who comes and goes, might have enough there. So I think it's the forward positions. We need to find a way of scoring more goals. There's this lad, this young uh, Portuguese lad, that's uh, scoring a few goals in different European competitions this year. And we could get him back for absolutely nothing yeah, and have a little look at him. Don't look away now, Knocker. Don't swear. Um, I'm not um, a big fan, as you know, Ryan, but you're looking at him and Kuna as a potential term, isn't it? Did you I see his diving head at the weekend? I know it's after nine o'clock. He does get a little bit excited, doesn't it? But them two have got to be worth a shot next season as a front two, surely. I still think they'll flog him. I've got to be honest. I think they'll send him the end of the season. He doesn't need torturing, mate. There's no need for that. I'd be surprised if they get the money back on him yet. I think you'd need to have a good season with us first before you talk about getting thirty-five million back. But just, to, just look, just a quick shout on Fabio Silva's stats this season: forty-five appearances. That's not forty-five starts. It's more like a mid-thirty starts. Sixteen goals, five assists. So per games, he's almost involved in a goal um, every other game. No, they are public. No one, no one will dig there. Okay, answer me this then: If we were linked with that player, a young player that was doing those numbers, we'd be excited about it. Well, that's what we bought the Kuna, didn't we? He oh. averages one in six in his career. I don't know. I'm not. I'd give him a go, hundred percent. I'd have him in and around the squad, one hundred percent. I, I don't see Wolves cutting their losses on Fabio. What would we get now from this transfer? Twenty million. Do you reckon you get to, to, yeah. something like that? I don't. He's got a long time left in his contract. He's gone out to get games and goals, and he's doing that. It's not his fault what league he's playing in. He's played in a league. He's gone upper league playing in Holland for, from um, from from Anderlecht. So I, I don't think he could do much more. I'd love to see him come back pre-season. As you say, Tyler, the thought of a, a, a hardened, toughened, ready Fabio Silva with with Kuna just off him. I think that potentially bodes well, but um, yeah. let's let's stay let's let's stay up first, and uh, we'll we'll see where we go from there. Um, second half of that question, Knocker. Um, also, does the fact that we didn't have Neves on Saturday make you less worried if he departs? Um, in a sense, it does, yeah, because we've seen, as I said earlier on, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. We've got players who we've brought in probably with with that scenario in mind, because you know there's there's talk that he might get an extension on his deal. I think we all know that he's he should be playing European football. He's, he should be in a team that's challenging for trophies. So I'm I'm pretty much resigned to losing him. Um, you're going to feel that hit. You're absolutely going to feel it. For me, he starts in every Wolves team that I can think of throughout the whole time I've been watching us play. So at no point do I drop him. But if he does go, I think if we can keep Lamina, keep Gomez, keep Nunes, then we've definitely got options there. But it's hard to think we're not going to feel it when he's not here. Absolutely. I don't know. I know there's been lots of questions on my timeline um, for the show on, on Twitter about um, Neves not being there and it being a result of more. That, well, let's let's not forget the high pressing squeeze against Liverpool that Neves was a big part of. So he is capable of playing that game. So it's not just because Neves wasn't in there on Saturday. The biggest difference for me on Saturday was that Wolves played with the front two and that allowed us to go further up the pitch, higher up the pitch and defend from the front. So He's the would, best would, player in our squad, isn't he? Oh, so that's the reality. Neves has dragged us through the last few player. seasons. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, no, no one's irreplaceable, is it? I mean, we always no. because we all live obviously this way, but they sold by far their best player and they've built a squad now that's got them in a position that they've never in when Grealish was there. Mm. You know, Liverpool didn't win a league under Gerrard and then he was their best ever player. They've won the league without him. No one's irreplaceable. And if you get good money for him, who's to say you can't find the next one and replace him? He's, I'm with you, boys. He's the best player I've ever seen. Don't get me wrong. But no one's irreplaceable. Um, we're going to fly through a few more of these. Um, the time is absolutely flying through. I've listened again to episode 58, say Steve Lee's. Knocker, you called a new nails worldie. So fair play. Fame is for you. Is there for you, Knocker. Um, against Brentford, it's potentially the same starting team. Huang in for Pedence. I think we've sort of answered that question. Thank you for your 
your comment, Steve. Um, yeah, credit to Knocker. It was a worldie. I don't know where we saw that. Um, but for me, if Pedence isn't suspended now, I say if, because if these charges have gone this far, I'll yeah. be really surprised, even though we can't see any evidence and we could have a whole show talking about whether we did, whether we didn't. I'm an evidence kind of guy. If if he's done it and we see it, he deserves to be suspended. But if you're going to suspend him, a team that's in a relegation battle, for, for that many games, you probably need some evidence against it. Now, whether Forrest come forward in detail, whether they get witnesses to come forward, we don't know what they're doing. I don't imagine it's gone this far without him not going to be suspended. I'll be surprised. Um, but yes, I would probably have Wang in for Pedence, um if he's suspended. Tyler? Probably. And I can't believe I'm saying it. But yeah, I just think because of his work rate, his pace, his physicalness, I don't think he's, a, he's in the same bracket as a footballer to Poden or Sarabia. But against a team like Brentford, you've got to work hard and match them. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Well, in terms of of how much you could trust him for what you're asking for a wide forward or a, a wide midfielder to do. He's up there with the most. You know he'll track his man. You know he'll get back. I'm not, I mean, he's not Would the best. Would you trust him to score a goal? Um, not really, no. But he's, if he's, if, he, if, forwards, to be if, but if, if he's playing, if, if he's playing left midfield, he's, he's there to support his fullback and get forward and create. Now he's got the legs to get in behind. Kuna can create Costa's scoring. Uh, sorry, Costa can get in, in, in amongst it. So let's see. We, we didn't look like we were. We, the side on Saturday looked like it was creating opportunities. So in that setup, he wasn't in it. No, but 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 with Pedence didn't look like he was going to score either. But what I'm saying is, it's not his job. He, his job is there to support his fullback and to get forward and create. So, but it's a nice. It's it's a, it's a problem we'll deal with when we get to it. Hopefully, Pedence isn't suspended. And it's not a nice problem to have because I don't want Pedence suspended because he's got that bit of needle knocky that we like in the team, and hasn't he? So, um, you are listening and watching episode 59 of the Wolves Report with Mark, not Chris Tyler, and myself, Ryan Lester. Um, I typed up so many questions and copied them over. Um, I do apologise if not had yours on. I've had so many when we've talked so much, but it's obviously a positive show and we've had lots of positives to talk about, which is really good. Um, on Saturday, there's a massive opportunity um, for Wolves to maybe looking at the fixtures to widen that gap, but we can't disrespect Brentford. Um, they've got one of the best centre-forwards around who scores a lot of goals. They're a team that's horrible to play against, we've seen. Um, it's a massive game against Brentford Knocker. Um, huge game on Saturday, big opportunity, but one we can't take lightly. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that about Tony as well, because he's had a suspension hanging over him for the last six or seven months. Yeah, Al's he's still playing. I bet you he hasn't. He's going to get banned on the back of something that happened less than a month ago, but that's that's another story. Um, I think they're a good side. I think where maybe we've got a little bit of an advantage is that after the weekend, their European search is probably over. I don't think they're going to get there. So are they off on the beach? There's a chance they might be. So they're a good team, but I don't think man for man they're better than us. They've clearly had a better season, um, but I still think we've got players that can hurt them. And if you take Tony out of the equation, if you keep him quiet, and Wemo's one that's hurt us in the past, but I do think Wolves can get a result out of this, especially if we play with the same sort of tempo, work rate and system that we did against Chelsea. I, 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 I do think we can get a result. Tyler, massive game, massive opportunity. The door's open. Yeah, I'm going to knock it. I'd be disappointed if we didn't. I don't care how good the season Brentford have had. I'm not going to Molyneux expecting to lose at home to Brentford, if I'm honest. I, I don't care how good people say they are. Like Nocky said, man for man, they're not better. So I think if you replicate the energy levels, the aggressiveness of Saturday... I fully expect us to pick up a result, to be honest. I think the key thing for me, and Steve mentioned here um, regarding Huangal Pedence, if there's an opportunity to play the same team, I think you have to go again. You can't break up a, a performance that just looked so fluid at times and everyone knew their jobs. The press was good. Supporting the fullbacks was good. The midfielders, they did a bit of everything. So uh, it has to be the same again. And I think if Wolves reward those players with a deserved keeping of the shirt this the following week. I think Wolves have got a real good chance. Be positive. They can be got at, but equally they can get you as well. But it's the Premier League. If you have an off day against anybody, Southampton included, you will lose. So Wolves can't go and think, oh, we've beat Chelsea, we're fine. If we're not at it, we will lose that game of football. Um, almost at the end of the show, it's prediction time. Um, 
Massive game, massive opportunity. Knocker, you've called the worldie last week. You have the royalties now. Tell us who's going to score the worldie this week when Wolves face Brentford on Saturday. I'm going to go 2-0 Wolves and I'm going to go Matthias Cunha. <laughs> Where from? Whereabouts? What time? Do you know what? I think he gets in the box and taps in from seven yards out. He's going to do from, it, isn't he, Tyler? Across from the right. <laughs> That's what I'll go with. Lovely. Tyler? I still don't think we took, we've got two goals in us. So I'll say one nil, and um, I'm just going to say Costa between now and the end of the season until he does score. So. <laughs> well, like 204 before he scores, but the, the scenes when Costa scores are going to be absolutely <laughs> off the chart. Um, I, I called a draw last week and it worked, so I'm going to go with some weird superstition. I'm going to call it a draw, um, and I think I said Matthias Kuna, so I'm going to keep saying that until Kuna scores. But um, yeah, I'm saying it. I, I, I do believe Wolves will win, but I'm saying it out of superstition because last week. Whatever happened worked. Um, you've been watching and listening to episode 59 of the Wolves Report. Thank you to Chris Tyler, our director of football. Thank you to club captain Mark Nock. I've been Ryan Lester, your host. I hope you've enjoyed the show and hopefully you'll enjoy the show next week after Wolves beat Brentford. Up the Wolves. <laughs>